Welcome to Old Books with Grace. I'm Dr. Grace Hammond and thrilled that we are here together in this ancient season of Advent. Advent waits upon the coming or arrival of Jesus Christ in threefold. We wait for Christmas, we anticipate his transformation of our hearts in our ongoing sanctification, and we repeat our expectation, our hope that he will return. This year's Advent series has been a joy to craft. This series is about the Holy Family, the center of Advent and Christmas. As I started to look deeper into this little trinity of people, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus, I realized that in the poetry around each person, I was discovering continuity around the theological virtues. Mary was so closely aligned with hope, Joseph with faith, and of course, the Christ child with love incarnate. Today, we travel alongside our brother, St. Joseph. Welcome to Advent 2023. Is faith. Hope and faith are like siblings. Hope belongs to longing, to the will. Faith belongs to the yes and the ascent of the mind right now. Which, of course, is why I could have chosen Jesus, duh, or Mary for every single part of this series, as the Annunciation itself contains faith, hope, and love all wrapped up together. But I wanted to show Joseph some love. Foster father Joseph is the relatable member of the Holy Family. He's not the one carrying the Messiah in his body. He is not the Messiah himself. He is the one who's on the fringes, but called into deeper participation through faith. He is highly confused, at least initially, by the events in the Gospel of Luke. His fiancée is pregnant and not with his baby. He is about to discontinue his betrothal to Mary quietly, so as not to shame her, when he's told by Gabriel in a dream to stick with her. Joseph is called to believe Mary, to believe Gabriel, and to bear the words, the world's well-meaning pity for him as a duped fiancé, or, alternatively, scorn for him as a too-eager and dishonorable future bridegroom. As with many of us, Joseph's call to faithfulness is laid upon him, a choice he would not choose, a series of events that he likely would have preferred to avoid, at least at first. And in Joseph, we find encouragement. W.H. Auden, the 20th century English poet, wrote a long poem called For the Time Being, a Christmas oratorio which he had intended to set to music, but he was a little overenthusiastic and it was far too long. Scholar Alan Jacobs writes a beautiful introduction to the poem in a lovely edition that you should find if you're interested. Auden wrote the poem, published in 1942, in response to the state of the world, which of course at the time was plunged in World War II, his mother's death, his partner's unrepentant infidelity, and his own return to the Anglican faith of his childhood. We can hear Auden's own anguish and struggle to believe in his portrayal of a dialogue between Joseph and Gabriel. Joseph, where are you, father, where? 
Caught in the jealous trap of an empty house, I hear, as I sit alone in the dark, everything, everything, the drip of the bathroom tap, the creak of the sofa spring, the wind in the air shaft, all making the same remarks stupidly, stupidly, over and over again. Father, what have I done? Answer me. Father, how can I answer the tactless wall or the pompous furniture now? Answer them. Gabriel. No, you must. Joseph. How then am I to know, Father, that you are just? Give me one reason. Gabriel. No. Joseph. All I ask is one important and elegant proof that what my love had done was really at your will and that your will is love. Gabriel. No, you must believe. Be silent and sit still. Who hasn't felt Joseph's anguish here? His wavering uncertainty, his desire for one important and elegant proof his request that he can see the love of God in what he is entering with Mary by staying with her. Gabriel's answer is hard to stomach. No, you must believe. Be silent and sit still. What does it mean to believe, to be silent and sit still? To be Joseph, the silent figure in the nativity, quiet but present. To simply show up, to say yes. Can this still presence coexist with Joseph's doubts that Auden describes, the desire for the proof that his decision to stay with Mary isn't the folly of a moment, but at the will of an everlasting love? The 19th century novelist and Presbyterian minister, George MacDonald, has a lovely word for us on the nature of doubt and faith. MacDonald was deeply influential on writers like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, I found this wonderful quotation in Elizabeth Gooch's collection of Writings and Sayings of Faith, a Book of Faith. MacDonald writes, To deny the existence of God may involve less unbelief than the smallest yielding to doubt of his goodness. I say yielding, for a man may be haunted with doubts and only grow thereby in faith. Doubts are the messengers of the living one to the honest. They are the first knock at our door of things that are not yet, but have to be understood. Doubts must precede every deeper assurance, for uncertainties are what we first see when we look into a region hitherto unknown, unexplored, unannexed. Perhaps you are at what we might call a Joseph moment in your life as you await the birth of something new and strange that you did not anticipate, nor did you ask for it. You may feel out of control, swimming in deep waters where your feet do not touch the bottom. Take comfort in McDonald's words of wisdom. Joseph, as we know, does not yield, as McDonald calls it, but he is haunted with doubts. Though these doubts are haunting, they are more like angels than ghosts, according to MacDonald. Like Gabriel, doubts are the messengers of the living one to the honest. We go through doubt because we do not yet understand, just as faith is the door to knowledge. 
We go through doubt because we are being honest about our natural and even good limitations in understanding something hitherto unknown and strange. And just like an encounter with an angelic messenger, we need to be told again, do not be afraid. In the bountiful mercy of God, faith is not synonymous with certainty. I am reminded of Paul's insistence in 1 Corinthians that faith too will pass away in the surety of sight at some time. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Instead, faith continually grows, shifts, morphs as it learns sight in this life or after death. In obedience, Joseph follows the path given to him, and we are not told when his doubts cease or if they actually ever do. I believe they did at some point, but we are not told. To believe and sit still, as Auden puts it, does not involve a stifling of doubt, and neither is it passive. But it is to receive doubts as potential angelic messengers into a call beyond what you've known and expected. Obviously for us, not all doubts lead down this path, but for Joseph, for the man we call Doubting Thomas, and for countless others, their doubts led into the beauty and gifts of God by His grace. You might not know that the famous novelist, Madeline Lingle, author of A Wrinkle in Time, was a devout Episcopalian Christian and poet too. She expresses how the doubts and faith of Joseph led into the beautiful gifts of God in her lovely poem, O Sapientia. The poem is written from the perspective of Mary describing the decision of Joseph to trust her and Gabriel to believe. It was from Joseph first I learned of love. Like me, he was dismayed. How easily he could have turned me from his house, but unafraid, he put me not away from him. Oh, God sent angel, pray for him. Thus through his love was love obeyed. The child's first cry came like a bell. God's word aloud, God's word indeed. The angel spoke, so it befell and Joseph with me in my need. O child whose father came from heaven, to you another gift was given, your earthly father chosen well. With Joseph I was always warmed and cherished. Even in the stable, I knew I would not be harmed. And though above the angels swarmed, man's love it was that made me able to bear God's love, wild, formidable, to bear God's will through me performed. Lingle's Mary fills out the other side of Auden's Joseph. In her poem, we see the fruit of Joseph's faith replete as it was with doubt. Thus through his love was love obeyed. And the less poetic but equally beautiful line, and Joseph with me in my need. With me in my need. While we are grateful for our guardian angels, Joseph is the representative of what we can do for one another, human to human. Joseph shows up. Joseph is present, showing love to those who have been set aside or doubted. Joseph is the handholder in holy labor. 
I do believe this is not in spite of his doubts, but in his ongoing pursuit of truth and love through his faith. This week, I give thanks for Father and Brother Joseph, who reminds us that our doubts are not to be feared, who shows us the beauty of silence and steadfastness, who serves. Next week, in the last episode of the Advent series, I'll be thinking about love with the baby Jesus under the tutelage of Gerard Manley Hopkins, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, and Richard Crayshaw. Join me and share with a friend. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I always appreciate ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice. You can find me online at gracehammon.substack.com, on Instagram at Old Books with Grace, or on Twitter at Grace Hammond PhD. Thanks again for listening to Old Books with Grace. <laughs>